I have to admit, I don't know what that is. I was born in 1996. <laughs> wow. I'm Damn. sorry. It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 44 of the H-Dog Pod. Usually I tend to go on a diatribe, good word, about an athlete that wore the number of the corresponding episode number, but I'll bypass that this week. I must give tribute to the man, the myth, the legend, Alex Trebek. I grew up watching Jeopardy with my grandpa and my parents and absolutely loved that man, along with everybody else who loved him. He was working right up to when he passed away from pancreatic cancer at the age of 80. This music playing underneath my monologue is synonymous with the show, and it brought a lot of great joy to everybody, much like Alex did in his 36 years on the program. You'll be sorely, sorely missed, Alex Trebek. What an absolute legend. On an even deeper personal note, I have some sad news from my family. Our pet cat, Rudy, who I've known for over 17 years, which is half my lifetime, had to be put down this past week. What an absolute beauty Rudy was. Named after the amazing Survivor contestant from Season 1, Rudy was a character and super resilient, just like her namesake. My parents thought she'd have to be put down 7-8 years ago, but miraculously she recovered and proved that cats truly do have 9 lives. Rudy would jump up in my suitcase when I'd visit home and would do the same when I was about to leave. She had two different colored eyes, which were as unique as she was. And then just a week later, my parents' other cat, Pumpkin, also passed away. The two of them were so close and thick as thieves together. Pumpkin was so restless and aimless without his buddy. And who could blame him after living together for such a long time? Though Pumpkin had been in ailing health, I also do believe he passed away with a broken heart without his great buddy, Rudy. I am so, so thankful. I had them in my lives for so many years and took tons of great photos and videos of them. Even though it's incredibly sad, they're not in pain or suffering. And in a way, it's kind of poetic that they died a week apart. They just couldn't possibly live without each other. This isn't a typical opening, so I decided to have a very, very funny woman who brings some great levity to the podcast and will regale some tales of her life to lighten up the mood. So without further ado... Let's get cracking. Okay, now welcome on Ainsley McPhail. She used to work with me on the Jay and Dan show as an intern at TSN and now works in Lethbridge, Alberta as a reporter. She hosts the I'm Fine podcast on Instagram and is a stand-up comedian, which is absolutely fascinating, and we'll delve into that in a bit. Welcome to the H-Dog Pod, Ainsley. Thank you for having me. It's so good to connect with you after all this time. I know it's uh, it's been a while, but I, I'm stoked to have you on. And um, like, uh, how's Alberta? Uh, what, what have you been up to? It is crazy. I um, I have been I've grown up in Ontario, worked in Toronto for three years, and so like going from that to Alberta has definitely been a culture shock. Um, I was I did not know what I was getting myself into for sure, but now I'm in it and I'm embracing it and. You just got to enjoy the ride. What's different in Alberta that, that that's uh, the culture shock for you? Um, well, you drive for several miles and there's literally nothing. Like, <laughs> there's nothing, like, for several kilometers, nothing going on. Um, I know this is in Alberta, but Saskatchewan is probably my favorite place on the planet because if you explained it to someone who didn't know what Saskatchewan was, they wouldn't believe you. Like, mm-hmm. 
you're like this there's a place there's nothing there and then there's like a couple cows and you're not sure who owns them because there's nothing there <laughs> and then there's a hockey arena and it's Tim Hortons and then you drive for another 200,000 clicks and there's nothing there well that's so, a, yeah that's the thing with yeah. this. people say <laughs> with Saskatchewan I haven't been there I, I would love to go there but it's everyone just said oh it's super flat there's nothing going on there but uh uh is it actually that boring well no but that's the fascinating part is that when you meet people who are from these communities it's like what do you do? I, I guess that's why like letter Kenny is so fascinating for so many people. Cause it's like people actually live that way. Like <laughs> what do they do in these communities? You know, and like corner gas. Why was that such a fascinating television show? Because it's like, it's such an experience that most people in Canada don't have. So it's like a window into like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> right. Uh, I actually, I, I think I've seen like two episodes of letter Kenny uh, and to be fair to the show, I, I think I watched, it was like maybe like season four or something like that. And I, and I just jumped right in the middle of it. And I was like, where am I supposed to laugh? Why is everyone thinking this is the funniest thing ever? I couldn't figure it out. Uh, do you love it? Like what? I, I, I honestly couldn't understand why everyone loved it so much. I it's weird. It's one of those things that I haven't watched like in consecutive seasons. But every time I watch it, I laugh really hard. Um. And, well, you I don't know if you know, but, like, TSN had, like, so there was, like, a hockey tournament in Letterkenny, this town, and, like, TSN covered it. <laughs> so uh, they had, like, wow. Kate and Tessa on the desk interviewing with, like, these guys, and it was, like, a total sketch, but they actually had TSN in on it. So it was actually super funny, because it looked real, like a TSN broadcast, but it was, like, these Joe Schmoes. Ooh, Joe and then they had like they play would play like in this tournament against like Newfoundland and like there were like all these Newfie jokes and just like I'm such a patriotic person like I love Canada so much and so anything that is like Canadian specific humor I really love and resonate with especially now having lived in a different part of the country because I understand more of the jokes mm. True, uh, and you also, by the way, uh, inadvertently you said Joe Schmo, which uh, warmed my heart because of that show, which was on Spike TV in the early 2000s, tremendous, tremendous show. You must watch at least the first two seasons. Season three was kind of crap, but the first two seasons, oh my God, so, so funny. I have to admit, I don't know what that is. I was born in 1996. <laughs> I'm Damn. sorry. No. I hate that I have oh, to yeah. bring this up. Now, yeah, I guess uh, now that I think about it, yeah, you would have been like uh, <laughs> you would have been like six years old or something like that when it started. And uh, always, it's always <laughs> I'm funny. Not watching Joe Schmo at six. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I can't imagine you would have been. It's so funny. I remember. Oh man, I used to be when I first started at TSN. I was 20 years old, a ju- like a month from turning 20. So I was the Amazing. young guy in 2006. Amazing. And uh, I, I, uh, it's funny, like maybe a year or so ago, I was bitching about the Seahawks getting screwed in the Super Bowl against Pittsburgh in 2006. And, oh my and the guy was like, I don't even know what, like, I was like five years old when that happened. I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, of course. And then you rolled right? in at 20 and oh. someone brought up the 1986 Super Bowl. You were probably like, same thing. Exactly. Uh, right. I don't know. <laughs> and the, that same fucking guy was probably like, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Why do I feel old? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, 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 <laughs> just funny how like, you know, uh, you always think like, oh, of course, everyone knows the comedy or like the time frame that I'm, that I'm talking about. But yeah, why would you know like 10 years, 12, 12 years before me? But 
Oh, man. Yeah, Joe Schmo, uh, one of the before it's time, a tremendous show, essentially a fake reality show where they screwed everyone over, a, a real person into thinking they were on a real reality show, which was so, so funny. And, and uh, I've watched it literally 100 times, at least. And I love it's, that. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I saw, <laughs> by the way, on Instagram, I believe uh, tonight, uh, this is your first, I said you're a uh, reporter in Leth, uh, Lethbridge. It was your first producer anchor uh, full-time, uh, first full news show tonight. Is that true? No, that was actually a colleague of mine at Global oh, that was promoting her. <laughs> I, I thought so. I'm like, 50-50 guess. Maybe it's no. Ainsley. Maybe it's her friend. I'll go no. with it. I f- screwed up. It's all good. And I'm actually producing, a, this, which I never thought I'd be doing, but here we are, mm-hmm. a three-part documentary series for our broadcast about a uh, coal mine that is getting put into a area of the mountains about an hour away from uh, Lethbridge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge story, but no one's talking about it because of COVID. So I don't want to bore anyone. No, but, no, I, I uh, go for it. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. What's that? What's the, what's the deal? It's, it's super fascinating. So the government of Alberta rescinded a 40 year coal policy that allowed for open pit coal mining in the Eastern slopes of Alberta. So basically the government was like, yes, you can now, after 40 years, you're now allowed open pit coal mining, which um, kind of opposes a lot of environmentalists um, and even kind of the way the federal government seems to be wanting to go with um, resources, energy sources rather. And so half the community is pissed and the other half is really excited because it's going to bring jobs and economic growth, they're hoping. So, and then everybody in Lethbridge, it's actually the same water supply. So if water gets contaminated, it actually can flow all the way down into Montana. It's a huge story because (laughs) water could be messed up. Like water is so precious. And I don't know. I just feel like no one's talking about it. I feel like it's a federal story. And yeah, I'm, I'm way over my head. I don't know too much about coal. I'm learning so much. I'm working on weekends just to try and figure this out. And then I realized... I did this to myself. Like I pitched this. (laughs) What am I doing? But so yeah, how are you enjoying like uh, reporting? Because I've always thought like uh, it would be fun, of course, to report. But doing stories like that, for example, I would have been like, oh my god, I'm way over my head. I'm terrified right now. Yeah, it it takes some getting used to. Like obviously, I'm our sports reporter. That's why I moved out here is to do sports. But with COVID there hasn't been sports or it's just been this is canceled this is open this is canceled and i mean that's not really sports so um i've kind of been forced into other reporting and i don't i mean i'm passionate about this specific project but politics in general are just too contentious for me like i'm too much of a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and no matter what you're gonna piss someone off and they're gonna tell you on facebook and so like (laughs) i try to take everything with a grain of salt and like local news like i try to make because I do stand up, like I try to make a joke out of everything. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> for me, I'm just like building up material. This is an experience that I'm going to use in 15 years to make something great. That's how I see it. Well, that's, uh, I've, I've actually been thinking about that. Like, uh, there's definitely a tremendous opportunity for creative types, especially comedians. Uh, during this time to be able to think of stuff like I'm, I'm sure Larry David for Curb Your Enthusiasm has been you know, 10 different bits just based on this pandemic and different things that you could talk about. So you're a stand up comedian. So uh, how did you know you wanted to get into it? And uh, how is that? Uh, how's it going? So like stand up is something that I love and I'll do it forever. And 
it's not really an art that you're able to do right now just because of, I mean, I have been doing a little bit of it socially distanced, but I mean, anything in live entertainment right now is just right. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to be funny in different mediums. So like I have that podcast that you referenced and I'm writing a television pilot about my experience here uh, that I was actually supposed to pitch at the Banff International Media Festival but that got canceled because of COVID as well. So I've just, I have so much more time to write. Um, so I'm writing a television pilot about my experience here and living in Southern Alberta, the Bible Belt, um, stand up, uh, my crazy life. <laughs> so that's kind of where I've been putting my resources. Stand, like I said, stand up something I'll do forever, but we're realizing that everything's kind of beyond, got to be online right now. So it's like, I might as well go where the eyeballs are <laughs> right and yeah uh so yeah i can't imagine uh, uh i used to go to the comedy bar you know uh, four or five times or something like that uh basically a year ago and that, now that's probably not pretty much not happening so yeah i was, I was just gonna say like there's a nothing at all you're not able to do anything other than than uh online for your comedy no i have been doing some live stuff um but it's not it's always been my priority. Get on stage, get on stage. I'm such a grinder. That's just how I am. Like I, I pride myself in how hard I work. And so for stand up, it's how often can you get on stage twice in a night, three times in a night? Like that's how it was in Toronto. Out here. It's a lot different. It's, can you do 30 minutes? Oh, you have to drive three hours for it. Mm. Or sometimes you just got to drive three hours for 10 minutes, not, not even five, you know? So that like, for instance, I'm in a comedy contest for Calgary yuck yucks next week. And I'm literally, driving two and a half hours each way for five minutes of stage time. Wow. Like it's, yeah. So you got to love it. (laughs) But that being said, like you asked earlier, um, how long, like, have I wanted to do this and my whole life, like since I was a kid, like it's just something that, you know, you want to do and then you go all in. I'm an all in kind of person. And I mean, what you do at the Jay and Dan show and like what that lovely crew does there. I mean, Jay and Dan, like being there was like heaven for me because I'm like, it's sports, it's comedy, it's it's everything that I love. Like I'm a sports journalist. I've always wanted to do that. And I've always wanted to do stand up. What marries the two? And that room is probably one of the only rooms in the country that does that. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from like independence. So like I hope one day to be Jay or be Dan or be Cabby, but my but me. Of course. And yeah. I find that like but there's not a lot of women who uh, pursue comedy and there's not a lot of women who pursue um, sports media. I mean, it seems like there are a lot based on like the faces on TV, but I mean, as you know, a lot of the, the reporting rooms are male dominant. Um, So I just love the idea of kind of being like, no, screw that. Like I want to do comedy. I want to do sports. I want to do sports media. How can I marry the two? And I, I don't think there's been too many women to do that. And here's your opportunity though. Like I want, I just, I was just going to say that this is your chance though, right? That's the best part in, in a way, having your own niche and being, you know, obviously amazing and, and everyone loves you and you're hilarious. Like that's huge. Like I, in a totally different realm per se, you know, when I first started at TSN in 2006, nobody liked golf. Nobody cared about it at all. And I loved golf. So it was like, mm-hmm. hey, you're the golf guy. So then I got all the golf assignments. So which for is you, awesome. which is, of course. So it's like for you, it's like you can like break into that and then you'll just dominate because there's def- obviously a market of that. And, and it's very important to have, uh, 
you know, a representation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm the first person to ever do it. Like there's so many women who are out there like kicking ass, like Katie Nolan, for example, has her like late night thing. Like I admire that so much. Um, and it's something that has been tried and failed so many times. Like friggin' Norm Macdonald <laughs> wasn't able to stay on the air doing sports comedy. Like, <laughs> you know how much that makes me feel like shit. <laughs> Have you ever seen a, a and obviously like, like the I best said, to ever do it wasn't <laughs> was successful. Oh great. <laughs> Have you ever I'm seen? Uh, <laughs> have you ever seen his tweets? I, I love golf. Like I said, uh, like crazy. And Norm Macdonald tweets about golf. Like uh, probably for like every ten minutes of a golf round, he'll tweet like twenty five times. Have you seen that? And it's like I haven't, but I bet that's like you love that. No, you love that? no. I was gonna say what? the opposite. I was gonna say I love golf, but dude, that's a lot of tweets, man. Like yeah, maybe dial it back a little bit. So yeah, he uh, he loves golf, but it's like holy crap, man. Uh, I feel there's a maybe fine line. Maybe we found someone who loves golf more than you. Would I, you be just, willing to fight for that? Maybe, because obviously, because he's uh, quite famous. I feel I don't. I, I'm going to ask you this actually. Do you find uh, I feel this in, internal struggle occasionally? I may want to tweet okay. a lot of things or put stuff on Instagram, for example, or whatever. But sometimes I'm like, I don't want to like in, annoy people too much. I don't want to have too much of myself out there to people where, where people are just like, oh god, this guy's annoying. Which doesn't matter. I probably should say, who cares? Uh, who cares if they find me annoying? But I, I sometimes I'll dial it back a bit. Uh, I almost said uh, a wrong well, word there. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's my recommendation then, if you want to do that, is get a ghost account. Ooh, interesting. Have like a, an account that's like Golf Guy eighty four Joe Schmo Golf, <laughs> and then tweet. Get, find your little network. Follow your favorite golf pals. And then tweet as much as you want about golf, all the silly shit that like you would have in your drafts, but never actually post. Right. And then be a ghost golfer Twitter account. So the follow up to that is, do you have your own ghost account? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. So you definitely do. I will have to endeavor to find that out for sure. Uh, I got to protect my identity. <laughs> Do you find, by the way, uh, talk back to comedy, do you find like the fellow comedians are cool or they're competitive or like are some people are jerks because it's like, oh, like you're stealing my jokes or is everyone pretty cool or? Well, okay. Well, I'll start by saying comedy is art. So it is a mental health hotbed. A lot of people struggle with uh, depression and anxiety and, and a lot of mental health. So sometimes that does come through and um, how you treat others. Second, uh, you've worked in television for how many years you've seen ego you're in a room with a group of people who all is collectively trying to be the guy or famous or you know you have to have a certain level of ego to be in television so it's kind of the same in that regard but that being said on the contrary I have made the best friends that I have in my entire life doing comedy um one reason in Lethbridge because it's not just like comics through and through it's a school teacher who's just friggin' hilarious and wants to do stand-up it's a guy who you know like my friend group here is this is why i'm writing this tv pilot and i was just explaining to this to them over face i'm like they're all characters none of us would hang out if it wasn't for stand-up and it's just so absurd so like one's a school teacher named brian another guy is a drummer in a band named cole who used to be taught by brian Another one is a an Indian guy named Lakshjeet, 
whose family owns a gas station on the indigenous reserve. Like, it's just a group of people who would never, ever hang out if it wasn't for stand up. Mm-hmm. But we're all so close. Yeah. And so that kind of fascinating in, in a way too oh, absolutely definitely uh where, where have you done uh some sets i know i'm assuming you've obviously you've done stuff in toronto but uh uh where have you uh done some of your work i like i said i'm like really not right now as much because of covid but before it was definitely very stage hungry like i mean <laughs> i just said yes to a a corporate gig at a boston pizza friday and saturday night flying to dawson creek bc which is super super north like that sounds like very very scary to like do a corporate gig at boston pizza i would be terrified yeah no it is scary (laughs) like so like so i pretty much say yes to most things uh just because it's the nature of the business and you kind of have to smart um and i've done like you know all the cool spots like the casino in regina and (laughs) The casino in Grand Prairie <laughs> and the casino in the Ramada in Saskatoon. <laughs> and that's the smart so, thing. You're smart for doing that because I'm I'm going to assume, correct me if I'm wrong, you're in a casino, you're at these places where everyone's having a few cocktails or have a few drinks. No matter what you say, you could say anything and no. they're going to laugh. No? No. Oh, no. I assume everyone would laugh. You're at a, you're a, a place no. where everyone's been drinking. Cause it's no, it's some of those are some of the hardest crowds. Like sometimes, yes, you're right. You know what? That corporate that I mentioned actually might be an easier crowd. They're just wasted. They don't, they're not even paying attention. They're just basically like, that's essentially, uh, I'm reenacting or enacting what they're going to do. Pretty crazy. You never know what you're getting into. That's another thing. Every room (laughs) is different. Every like room has kind of like that you walk into. It's kind of like you have to read the temperature of the room. And with stand-up, it's the same way. Like, you just got to assess, you know, and I like to kind of call it out. Like, I like to kind of look at a room and then kind of get to know them and then call it out and be like, oh, like, how do you guys know each other? And, oh, and really connect the dots. And some people, some comics are so good at that. Like, they'll call back to a joke they made about someone's grandma in the front row, like, 15 minutes in their set, and it just kills. Like, I really... (laughs) Hope I can get there to that point. It's a wild art stand up. I love it so much and I'll never stop doing it. Like if I ever stop doing it, it's because I don't love it anymore. Like it's it's just crazy. I admire you for for going that uh going for it and uh, doing all you can for that because yeah, like <laughs> Thank just, you. <laughs> just like with me doing this podcast or you doing your podcast or whatever, like you have to put yourself out there, which is what I said like whatever, five, ten minutes ago. Like I sometimes struggle a little bit with like I want to put my stuff in. I will tell you, I'm going to cut you off. You are so friggin' entertaining on Seahawks game days. Like anytime there's a Seahawks win or loss, it doesn't matter. And I see you've gone live. I always click on it because I know that you're going to be saying just like, I once watched you literally rant for 15 minutes about one receiver not catching the ball. And it was hilarious the whole time. Malik Turner so, against the uh, Green yeah. Bay Packers in the uh, second round of the playoffs last year. The guy had the ball in his hand, <laughs> first and 10. You're a receiver. Your job, you're the best of the best of the world. Your entire job is to catch a football and it's right in the middle of your hands from Russell Wilson at this point, one of the better quarterbacks in the, in, uh, in the NFL right now. The ball is immediately right in your hands and you drop 
the ball like he did the week before against Philadelphia. Malik Turner, he got cut by Seattle. I love I how you why. remember that the friggin' play and the game and every like stuff like that is just like because I know you know everything about them and I know that you know your shit. So it's like you feel that like. That's your genuine emotion. How do you drop the ball? That is your job. He did it the week before against Philadelphia. And uh, Seattle had a, a, they were down like 25 points or whatever it was. They had a crazy comeback. If he, if he catches that ball, you never know. They might be able to drive down the field and, and take the lead. How, as a, not just with him, honestly, in the NFL, yeah. it blows no, my mind and how you know many what? receivers drop balls. They were supposed to win that game. I think it's because they weren't supposed to win that game. They weren't. And yeah. they had a chance to. Yeah, they had no business like, winning that game, for sure. Yeah. And so the fact that they had the chance to really riled you up because you're like, okay, you weren't supposed to, but then you have that golden opportunity and you just miss it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You yeah, all, I'm you, sorry for your loss. <laughs> you, you succeeded in riling me up. Riling me up. Uh, can I give you a few jokes, by the way? Uh, one is my own and one is for, for my mom from years ago, which made me lose my mind. As a comedian, okay. I want to see if you loveies or if you're just like, oh, God, this is. Okay. I'm, I'm all yours. This is crickets worthy, perhaps. Okay. So this is my joke. My, my mom said this to me years and years ago. I don't know exactly why. Sometimes I get in crazy laughing fits where I literally cannot stop crying of laughter for like, you know, a few minutes. But this joke, I'm not even kidding. I, I literally laughed probably for about 90 minutes. And it's not even that crazy, but I loved it. Okay, here it is. Okay. <clears throat> Your teeth are like the stars. They come out at night. Your teeth are like the stars. They come out at night. <laughs> I don't get it. You have false teeth. You have false teeth. That's why it's funny. Oh, come out. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that all of your audience thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I promise you. I've told that joke to other people, and they're like, they're, they have the exact same what? reaction I as you. Need a second. No, no, no. I, I promise you. I've had told that to be many people, and they're like, what? I'm like, then I say the joke. They're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Oh, they explain." Oh. oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, like I like to say, the best <laughs> jokes are the ones you have to explain. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, this, this is the other one. This was my joke. I was very proud of this one. Uh, two years ago, at my uncle and uh, and aunt's wedding, I said this joke. They asked me to do like a, a speech or whatever to start the whole proceedings off. I don't know why that was uh, crazy of them, but I said this joke. I was very proud of it, and it was didn't go over so well. I was like, oh boy. So this is my joke. I hope you uh, understand right. this one and like this one. <clears throat> this is what I said. Uh, verbatim. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm honored to talk to you guys today. I'm especially proud that my aunt and uncle asked me to do a toast for their special wedding today. But I must admit, I was a little bit worried and scared to do it. I mean, giving a toast? I can't even make bread. Oh, my. Oh, my. You're not. Are you a dad? I'm not, uh, surprisingly, but. Uh, that was the most dad joke of all time. I bet you got a bunch of laughs, though. <laughs> I'd have to look at the tape. I'd have to look at the, uh, the video on that one, but I'm pretty sure there was a lot of crickets. Do you find that you make jokes when things are uncomfortable? Like when you're in an uncomfortable or uncertain scenario, do you find that you make jokes then? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, because 
I think naturally it it is uncomfortable in that situation because I've never actually at a wedding like talked in front of uh, I don't know what it was like eighty people and I didn't know like seventy seven of them or something like I was just like oh my god they don't know anyone like you know you, you feel they're kind of judging you a little bit right so yeah I I I, I, was, I was trying to like you know, maybe there was more laughter but in my mind I guess there wasn't you poor guy but the joke the toast joke was pretty funny no. That's, I think it, it's cute funny. It's dad funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I would laugh more at grandma's reaction to that than the actual joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Feel like, yeah. I feel like the reactions you would get would be gold. <sighs> Unfortunately, um, I gold People there. think because I do comedy that I'm, like, fair game to emcee their wedding. Right. And, like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's so different. Like, I'm not going to do a set at your wedding. Like, that's weird. Oh, I think and it's kind of so, cool. I think it's kind of funny. I don't know. It's just too much pressure too. like weddings. I don't know. Mm. And so um, my cousin got married and she asked me to do hers. And the only joke that I did, I try, try to make things light, but the only joke, so she has a laugh where she literally like, it sounds like she's honking like a goose. Like it sounds like a honk. Like it sounds like something is honking like a, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And so at her wedding, I was like, cause you know how at weddings, like if they kiss, or if you clink your glasses, yeah, they then kiss. they'll kiss. It's so lame. Yeah. Right? Yep. yep. And I was like kind of like laying down the rules. And I was like, for this particular day, if you guys clink your glasses, Patricia will honk like a goose. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. And everyone knew her laugh. So they like, so you almost have to do like inside jokes mm-hmm. that That's like good. everyone kind of gets, but not hurting anyone's feelings because then people will get too sensitive. Mm. That's another thing too. Like people are just not... <laughs> People can't take jokes. (laughs) But again, like I said, like if you're doing a set at a wedding, pretty much probably, at least as long as you're doing it late in the night, everyone's dickered up. They are wasted. They don't really care what you're saying. So just say whatever and uh, I'm sure you'll get some laughs. Or they won't even even be being, uh, they won't even be English. Mix in some English, Michael. They won't even be, (laughs) they won't even pay attention is what I'm trying to say. I'm seeing a wedding right now. That was a that was a struggle. My no? sister's getting married. Oh, uh, how soon? And um, well, she just got engaged, and I had said to her, I was like, I do not want to MC this. She's like, Okay. <laughs> oh man, that's it, it's no, obviously no question. There's tons of pressure. My sister actually ten years ago asked me to MC her wedding, like literally, like maybe eight hours before her wedding. Like it was just like, wait, what? Like there was no prep or whatever. So I stood stood up there and I'm like, oh my god! So essentially, I just quoted as I talked about earlier, Joe Schmo quotes, and uh, one of the quotes was because um, as, as I said, Joe Schmo was essentially making fun of reality shows how stupid they are. So there was just yeah. dumb quotes that were just actually on reality shows and that they're uh, basically parroting them. So I went, uh, I said something like, um, "Can anyone smell that?" And my nephew, without even I didn't ask him to say this, I'm like on cue. My nephew goes, "What? What?" It's the infectious scent of love. And everyone, oh my god, it's so cute. I'm like, it's not cute. I'm actually quoting Joe Schmo morons, but they, they didn't understand. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, uh, yeah. So, yeah. She's like, like, we don't know that particular episode of <laughs> <Joe> <laughs> <Schmo>. <laughs> Clowns. But yeah, it was uh, just like, uh, it, it was funny to me because I was like, they have no idea that I'm quoting a television show. And literally no one in this entire room was like, 200 people have any clue, which was fantastic, actually, I thought. To be That's so funny. Yeah. That's uh, so funny. To switch. Um, speaking of weddings, sure. uh, 
there's one wedding that you and me, I think we should spend the last 10 minutes of the pod oh talk. <laughs> literally, it literally was going to segue into that. So good job. Let's go. Bachelorette. I'm sorry. I'm awful. No, no, no. You're, you're amazing. No, it's the opposite. You're amazing. That's exactly what I was going to talk about. The bachelorette. Let's go. Go. Thoughts. Dale is probably the best looking person I've ever seen. He is so much better looking than all the other guys that I honestly think it was entirely based on looks. You think Dale's the hottest bachelor at or contestant ever? I think so. And he's so good. Like he's okay. I actually wrote down a few things that I wanted to talk about because it just like, it was just so absurd. Mm -hmm. Um, When she, at the end, when she goes, Dale is the type of man you get when you refuse to settle. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. No, he's not. <laughs> uh, no, he's not. <laughs> don't I'm you, sorry. Don't you feel Dale is, there's something about Dale, in my opinion, that just doesn't feel real to me. I, just, I, I haven't followed up. I have no idea if they're actually engaged or married. I have no idea. I don't actually care about that stuff. But don't you feel you Dale wait, just. I, you thought you watched the last episode. No, I did. But I, I, No, I did watch it. I'm just saying if they actually eventually got married, I have no idea. I don't actually have any care in the world if they actually get married. But, um, oh, no, I don't care either. Yeah, but uh, just, I don't know, there's something about him. Doesn't he seem glib or, or phony or something? Or no? Am I, am, I, am I wrong? Because he's so attractive that he's never, who, do people like that exist? Well, yes, I exist. Sorry. Think of it. <laughs> Aside from you and Dale, like, who else? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, that guy is not in anyone's hometown. And if he is, he left. Okay, I will tell like, you someone else who exists. Uncle Harrison, he's the best. He's my uncle, Chris Harrison. He's the, he's the, he's incredible. He's amazing. So <laughs> true, true. Uh, no, I honestly think that her entire motives were based on his physical appearance because right. how else could you make that judgment if you don't know someone? Have you seen other seasons with Claire on it, or is this your, is this your first season with Claire? This is my first Claire season. Okay, so she's been on. I think this is her. Fifth or fourth season? Yeah, she's so she, crazy. <laughs> so she's been on with Juan Pablo when uh, he was in the final two or three. I think it was two. I did see that. And I did she, see like, that. And uh, she told him off, to be fair. Like, Juan Pablo was a pretty, not a great guy. Uh, then she was on uh, Bachelor in Paradise, I believe. And then she was on Bachelor Bachelor Winter Games, it. which was funny. And she was, gonna, she was actually engaged to Benoit. And then they were engaged for a few months. Then they broke up. And then she was on. This actually might be her fourth time on, on the show. Well, that's why fourth when bit. you hear her be like, "This is like I've been waiting like my whole life for this," it's like, "But what? Like, didn't you say that all the other times too? Like, doesn't yep. it make this feel a little less significant? Mm-hmm. Am I just being a dick, dick right now?" Well, I, I do appreciate you being a dick. I, I actually like that a lot. But uh, you're also correct. Uh, yeah, no, uh, you're. She's not actually. It's. I mean, who knows? Maybe it will work out, but. Uh, Maybe it would be stunning. It'd be stunning for it. Out. Does. But like he is just like I just think it's a physical thing. Like mm, yeah. he's like just a genetic anomaly. And like seriously, I mean I speak for all women right now. <laughs> if he like came into any room and like he's a he's a yeah, hot once man. I was actually at a party. It's actually funny. So while I was interning with PSN, I was also with Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. And they would do like obviously pre-COVID, like, really cool events, like launch parties and just, like, really cool open bar events, right? And this guy came up to me at one of the events, and he was, like, so good looking, uncomfortably good looking, and he was chatting with me. And I was like, why is this guy talking to me? Like, like literally, why is he breathing my air? <laughs> then I found out, catch, get this, he was 
paid to be there and talk to people. What? He was quote-unquote hired to be there and talk to me as a quote-unquote brand ambassador. Oh, they God. They literally hired hot people to go to this event and network and talk to people. I'm like, and then when I realized, I was a little boost, <laughs> when I realized, I was like, oh, that's why you're talking to me. You were literally paid to be a brand ambassador. It was he also a social media influencer. Oh God, I hate yes, that expression yes, yes, yes. so much. Those it, it coexists, obviously. <sighs> I'm like, that's why you're talking to me. <laughs> that's weird. I've never actually heard about that. So someone at an event was hired to talk to people. That's that's literally true like he was a brand ambassador. He was hired by an agency to go to this event and network and talk to people. There was, were women there too. Was this guy's name Dale? Yeah, but it's funny because when I lurked Dale's social media, he went to like similar events sponsored by like beer companies and stuff like that. And guaranteed he was in the same realm. <laughs> yeah, you know, obviously Dale is uh, obviously a, a beautiful man. But uh, knowing Claire's history, like I said, I think it's been like I said, four or five times she's been she'd been on the show. Uh, uh, obviously, I hope she does find love and hopefully perhaps they are great. But uh, yeah, the odds are everyone finds love. Probably not, but uh, (laughs) what do you think about, uh, again? Would you ever go on the show? Oh, my God. Thank you for asking. Uh, Bachelor or the Big Brother, actually. Big Brother Canada. I think it's the last week to uh, put my audition tapes in, and I need to do that. (laughs) Uh, What should be my my hook? You tell me. Honestly, you have no idea. You have no idea how much I would root for you if you were on Big Brother Canada. I'm not joking. I would be your number one fan. I would watch every single episode. <laughs> I've only gone to a few seasons of that, but when I do, like, you get hooked. Mm-hmm. I would be, like, your number one fan. Okay, well, so so what, what should be on my hook? What should what should I say? Because I've tried three or four times, and every single time, uh, at this before pre-COVID, I was in person, and it was the same casting guy. There's, like, four or five different people uh, like I think three women and two men or two men, three women, doesn't matter. And this one guy I've had like four or five times, every time, the exact same guy. And every time he was like, all right, who's this hound dog guy? Like this guy was just like, did, did not want to be there, which was rattling to me. So now I just have to do a video because it's obviously, uh, now it's COVID. There's no actual in-person, uh, uh, auditions. What should I do yeah. to get on the show? Well, I think that your persistence has helped. Like, I think with a lot of things in life, if they start to, like, you start to show face and, like, be persistent, people will be like, yeah, like, that's, this guy, like, clearly wants this. So I think that's just step A that you've already done. And then two, your hook. <sighs> and, like, I told I my, mean, my dude, hook like, last I time was that I was on you- Jane Dan and the guy had no idea what Jane Dan was or TSN or anything like that. I was like, oh, boy. I'm just screwed. What? He's lying. No, he I, had no but, idea. Okay, then just say, like, I mean, dude, I've witnessed you eat a bowl of questionable sour cream <laughs> on live television, on national live television. Like, you don't have to even reference Dan Jan Dan. Just say, on national TV, these are the crazy things I've done. <laughs> that was and very then questionable. And if they want to know, you can bring the footage. <laughs> That's a good point. That's good. That was extremely questionable. I went for it. Thank God I did not have any uh, any. Uh, Tum tum issues after that. Yeah, that was. Uh, You're willing to do that for nothing. What are you willing to do for a prize? That's, that's how you should. That yes, that's good. That's what your line should be. Your line should be: I ate spoiled sour cream on national television for free. What would I be willing to do for a prize? <laughs> that's up to you. That's pretty good. Uh, can you be my agent, please? That's a that's a good uh, hook. Of course. 
Uh, tell us about uh, the I'm Fine uh, podcast on Instagram that you have uh, going on. So we have been quite lazy in extracting the. So the idea is to do a live podcast and then extract the audio, a live game. series, and then extract the audio Good into podcast game. form so you can listen to it later. So if you want to watch any of them, you can just go to my personal Instagram and then like click on IGTV. So they're all kind of archived there. And what is your personal but, Instagram? Bang. Um, Ainsley McPhail. Cool. I get a lot of weird DMs, so try not to be creepy. Oh. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. So, our plan is to, I mean, watch live. It's awesome. We've kind of retained the same, like, five people. I know it's not a lot, but, like, it's really awesome to, like, see the same kind of people coming through. It's it's fun. And it's called I'm Fine, where we talk about, like, awkward, cringeworthy moments in life. Right. So, like, like for example, like, I walked in on a guy going to the bathroom at a 7-Eleven okay. while he was on a guy. and on his phone. Yeah, Wait, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, just, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, 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 sorry. I, I, sorry, I, that's back to While he was pooping, is that what you said? Yes. Okay, sorry. Okay, I thought you were just saying, okay, that, that's a whole other level. Uh, how? Uh, guys' bathroom, women's, how did that happen? It was like, uh, like a gender-neutral bathroom. Right, right. Okay, keep going. And so, it, you know, 7-Eleven, I, I open the door and he's just on there and he's like texting and like sitting on the toilet and like <laughs> we have a conversation. It was so awkward. And so like, it's like, how do you react to that? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? My reaction, if you'd like to know, is I just stopped and, and sounded like a kindergarten teacher and I went, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> that would be okay. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't expect that. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so so you basically talk about on the podcast just like cringeworthy moments that uh happen to you, yeah, awkward and cringeworthy moments. I mean, like, we both struggle with like mental health, so like anxiety and depression, and so we really touch on a lot of that as well. Um, and just it's yeah, uh, we get like super personal, and I think people appreciate that because mm-hmm. it's such a shitty time and we're all going through it. and it's not all rainbows and daisies. So I don't know. It's, 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 I really, I'm starting, I know that it's not like a big thing, like not, we don't have a huge audience or anything like that, but I'm starting to like really enjoy it. And I think the more that we enjoy it, the more that like people actually want to like watch it. I did some Instagram live, which is funny, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, You're so good at that. On my birthday, like two years ooh. ago, you went live with me. I do remember that. Yes, yes, of course. That was that was uh, so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what is this uh, football picture, by the way, that I saw on your social media recently? Uh, yeah, you posted that maybe yesterday. <laughs> yes. So I played football my whole life. I adore football and that's another reason why i loved being at tsm is because it's so cfl heavy mm-hmm. um i love football more than most people <laughs> and so uh i played since i was like a kid like since i was like seven nine years old like i played since i was a child and so i played all up until high school and just just loved every minute of it and my dad emailed me some old photos <laughs> And yeah, the the photo is funny because I everyone's sitting. It's like a group team shot, and I am the only person with my legs crossed, <laughs> like a lady. <laughs> I used to be so embarrassed by it, and now I just like I used to be like afraid to tell people about it because I'm like, oh, like especially guys, because it's like I don't want them to think that I'm manly. 
you know, like I don't want them to think that I'm like a dude, but what, what, <laughs> obviously can see what position did you play? <laughs> when I was super young, I played um, wide receiver and I was like really like a tot. And then as I got older, I transitioned to the defense because I like to hit people. And so I played a little bit of everything. Some, some, some linebacker. <laughs> See, that's the part I don't like to tell people. <laughs> Why don't you want to tell people that? Uh, discuss. Because I just feel like it's so manly and I don't want people to think that I'm a dude. <laughs> I don't know. Like manly. Like I just feel like, yeah, like I played football. Like I know that there's so much stigma being erased with like the more women who do play football and stuff, but I don't know. I just. I feel and, uh, guys say that they like girls who love and play sports and stuff like they say that mm-hmm. and then they realize that like oh like I know more than you about it or like <laughs> like or like in the same breath like comedy like guys would be like oh like I love funny chicks and then it's like oh I'm funnier than you oh you hate that like <laughs> no like it's it's wild like I <laughs> like I got like the defensive award in high school and so like there's like pictures of me and the the walls and stuff. And like, I still go back, like my high school football coach, like still comments on my Instagram photos. Like I still go back and like, I have a decent relationship with them there. And like, I coach football here in Lethbridge as well. So, and I used to work for the CFL. I used to like edit highlights for them, for their website. How long did you do that for? For a year. And I was not very good at it. Oh. But I just wanted to be in the room. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Wait, wait. Oh, your friend. Why? Why were you not? Why? Why? Not good. No good. Because it was. We. I edited their and captured their games live for their website right. while simultaneously, if there was like a really cool one-handed grab, you'd also have to post that to the website as well and send it out to like different uh, leagues, like the leagues and the teams and coaches and everything. It was a very stressful job, and I. <laughs> but I, I was like, oh. It's for the CFL. I'll take it. Well, I want to work there. I feel like I've given you my life story. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed. No, uh, that's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, I, I appreciate that. And um, I just want to hear I, I just want to hear more of your thoughts on The Bachelorette. I, I feel that there's like a lot more hot takes. Okay. Um, the O-Lineman. I have so many questions. Yes. Okay. So here, I wrote down a few things. Great. Okay. So Jason, Jason, and Blake. I think they do it on purpose. Like whenever they reference Chasen and Jason, they reference them together because it just sounds extra douchey. Sure. (laughs) Chasen, Jason, and Blake. Like just douche capital. Here's here's my question about that. uh, Is uh, uh, Dale, of course, is like a former and a football receiver, right? So it's like Mm -hmm. uh, they say like. uh, with Jason, I think it's Jason or Jason. I don't know. He's like a former NFL uh, offensive or lineman or something. It's like whew. Jason is. Jason's yeah, an O lineman, and like, O linemen are always do so we, like. Do we care sweet, about loving, why he's a, humans? Why is he a lineman? I, I don't fully understand why it's like. Oh, we have to explain exactly what his position was. It just it seems weird to me. But yeah, keep going. But I think there's some merit in that. Like, I guess if you know football you realize that there's different personality types for different positions. Mm -hmm. That's in my opinion. Like, I mean, someone could think otherwise, but I do think that O-linemen in my experience or just linemen in general are like the sweetest, kindest guys because they don't have anything to prove. Like when you're 6'4 and 3'10, you don't have anything to prove. You're a tough, (laughs) tough tough mother fudger. You can beat someone up. We all know it. Mm -hmm. Whereas people who are a little bit smaller – or a little bit, you know, not that 
not that Dale is tiny. Let's <laughs> mother may I, but <laughs> you have a little bit more to prove. So there's a little bit more ego attached to that. Let's dive more into Dale here. Uh, let's continue. I swear to God, there's something about Dale to me that does not seem legitimate to me. I feel he's a phony, he's a fraud. There's something that pisses me off about Dale. I don't think he's in it for the long haul. I don't think he's in it for the right reasons, as I say in the show. I don't think he has clarity. I don't think he... Uh, I, I, there's something about Dale is not... Right. He's not for real. No. No, he's not. I'm telling you, it's superficial. 100%. Like, I, I, I don't, it's superficial. She just thinks he's hot. <laughs> Which, to be like, fair. I can't lie. If I was in her position and he was like, I love you, I'd be like, okay, can you get married to me now? <laughs> like, did you notice, like, every time, like, she would be like, hey, Dale, essentially, like, uh, you know, I thought you were great and I, I really, uh, I'm really into you. And, like, I really was essentially, like, she said something like, I love you. And he's like, huh? Cool. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. He's yeah. just like, it's like, okay, he's not really reciprocating. Good word uh, about that. It's just like, hey, I don't really feel fully feel this is actually a real thing and of course it might be for a while but uh, knowing claire's history eh, probably not probably not for real i know i know but that being said we talk about her history we don't know his history so like maybe he's not like this kind charismatic guy maybe he's a total douchebag because in my experiences with handsome men <laughs> and not handsome men too it can be quite douchey, but like somebody who looks like that, like, okay, I'm oversharing, but this person's not going to listen to this. Good. There's a guy in this. <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about this for 48 hours. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you love that? There's okay. I'll give you the Coles notes version no, of this the very short-lived relationship yep. in Lethbridge, okay. but there's a guy in this town who's like, like overtly handsome in a Dale way, like mm -hmm. tall athlete, light skin, blue eyes, Sexy. like yep. just stunning. And uh, I don't know. I had a few too many apple teenies the one night sure. and we had a couple other encounters prior to this, but I was very in the, under the table and <laughs> I had said to him, light skins with blue eyes are the devil. <laughs> And he's just like, bang. I'm pretty sure he, he, he said like, my catchphrase. You, <laughs> he was like, you crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he ghosted me a year and a half later. So. What? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I uh, deleted his number because I was like, I don't want to deal with this. He's wild, too good looking. Wild tangent. Uh, let's go on uh, about ghosting here. So I talked to a girl and maybe, I want to say... Uh, four, three, four years ago, something like that. And uh, so we talked for like maybe, I don't know, like uh, two weeks at most, something like that. And she's like, oh, you're, and we, we had a good rapport. It was, it was all good. And then um, she's like, something like, oh, it's really great. You're, you're really great guy. Like, it's, it's, it's awesome. She said this. It wasn't me uh, talking to her. She's like, you're great. You're awesome. You're really great. You're good dude. Da, da, da. And then the next day and then henceforth, ghosted me as well it's like you were the one who texted me that i was a great guy i didn't actually i wasn't like pushing i wasn't i'd never met her before it wasn't like i wasn't like uh, trying to push too much on her she was the one to say that to me and then just gone ghosting what the hell is up i just don't understand that it's weird i i can't speak for this specific woman i can only speak for myself but that's not very nice of her to do <laughs> it's just weird it's like i understand if she wasn't feeling it totally fine i get it like it's, it's yeah. hard to know but she was like unprompted 
said these things like really really nice things it was just like cool like that's that's great and then just bye 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 yeah it's, ghosting is a is a really bizarre thing that just it makes no sense but it's so commonplace like that's what's so wild about it it's just like it's so normal to be like in someone's life for six months and then just them never talk to you again. Six so months. Like, oh my God. That's yeah, that, <laughs> that would be like way more rattling. Yeah. This girl was only a few weeks yeah. ago. Six months. Okay. I don't know. I just feel like that's normal. <laughs> oh, screw this guy, man. I don't, yeah. I don't love the culture. I just think that it exists. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a weird culture. I feel like until you've actually, people feel like until you've actually met the person, it doesn't really, it's not, it's not really real per se. But it's like, mm-hmm. if you've talked to them, especially more than like a day or something, uh, you know, especially if it's been like, you know, weeks or whatever, no, it's mm-hmm. real, but there's a, there's a weird I thing. Will, that's like, oh, it's nothing. Tipping. I will ghost someone if they're being inappropriate and I don't see the relationship going anymore. You know what I mean? Like if someone's like immediately inappropriate with me or like disrespectful, I will ghost them because it's like, you don't deserve any of my time. Um, but if if I'm actually talking to someone for like an extensive period of time and they seem like a decent human and I'm not interested, I'll be like, hey, sorry, like I'm not interested. I mean, obviously, it is tough. It's not easy, like to be fair. Like, it's not easy to be like, sorry, like you know, this is many years ago. Some girl I went on a date with, and she's like, yeah, like afterwards, like, ah, oh, I, I like you're a nice guy, but I'm not really interested. Like, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts the ego, but fair enough. Oh my gosh, I, I appreciate no. her saying that, even though it sucks. I appreciate her. Her, you know, her saying that, but, uh, but it hurts. It really does. Like I I feel, I think I respect that more, I think, than just ghosting. I think. Oh, I don't know. Like I met someone here and we really connected and like, we, we talked like every day, like extensively. And then he called me at work and then just was like, I'm not, I don't want to do this anymore. Like out of the blue. And I went from like. Wait, wait. Like, hold on. Sorry, hold on. A lot of like, So he didn't call you before? Like, at all before? And then he called you at work to say no? Yeah. Like no, Whoa. I was completely blindsided. Yeah. And I was That's, like, super upset. If I if I'm you, I would think like say he hasn't hadn't called before and then he did yeah. call. I would think like this guy's wanting to like go to the you know, small talk to medium talk. Like uh, yeah. uh wow. Yeah, there was no phasing out period. And and we were like supposed to hang out that weekend and yeah. <laughs> Clearly I'm over it. <laughs> Man, that that that's actually I mean, again, that, that sucks, but like I'm somewhat weirdly surprisingly like maybe okay with him, like kind of but I'm just stunned. Like, it's weird because then I'm like, oh, was I like an idiot the whole time? Was I like, oh yeah, like I'm just like doing all this shit and acting all this type of way and then I'm just like not no, not feeling it. It's hard to figure out. It really, truly is. It just doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's it's brutal out there. <laughs> I'm so happy that I have such close guy friends because, like, even tonight, I was just screenshotting Tinder messages and sending them to them. Please explain. This is, do you want me to some of the Tinder messages? I yes, of course, of course. Okay. There's a few bad ones. Or good ones. Um, I gotta go back. Uh, did you? Did you hear, H-E-R-E, did you hear the law where apparently I have to compliment you on how good looking you are? Oh, God. Not only is it a a terrible joke, you spelled here, oh, my God, Oh, he spelled here. It's funny because my friend who's a school teacher screen grabbed it and then corrected it like a teacher with red pen, like virtual (laughs) red pen. That's awesome. And he's like, send this to him. And then he wrote D plus on the bottom. (laughs) That's amazing. He spelled apparently wrong, too. 
God. Uh, by the way, uh, I've said this, I think, before on this podcast, but uh, when people spell, there's several things that piss me off, but when people spell lose with two O's, with like loose. Oh, no. When you think you're spelling the word loose, when you're actually thinking you're spelling the word loose, do you spell with four O's, three O's, 17 O's? <laughs> like, oh my God. I'll talk I'm to here. you soon. I'll, I'll watch all you both Seahawks live streams. Yes. I want to uh, see more. I yeah, you're right. I actually haven't, I don't think I've done any this year. I, I've actually been, uh, for whatever reason, I have uh, been um, silent on those. Maybe I'll have, to, I'll have to do that next couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Ainsley, so much for being on the podcast. You were hilarious, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 <laughs> Ainsley was hilarious talking about being a comedian, dating, and the bachelorette. She's so funny, and I admire her drive to do stand-up comedy and put herself out there. She mentioned that I should do some more Seahawks Instagram lives after their games. I most definitely need to get on that again. I can't believe, to be honest, I haven't done it this season. Without Russell Wilson, this team would be a complete dumpster fire train wreck. Even the last few games, he's made a bunch of mistakes that are uncharacteristic because he feels he has to do everything. Long gone are the days of the amazing Legion of Boom defense. Their D is so horrendously brutal, they're on pace, get this, to allow the most yards in the history of the NFL by over 1,000 yards. That's right. The second worst team would still be 1,000 yards away from their pathetic defense. How they're 6-2, and two, I have no idea. Well, actually, I do have an idea. Like I said, Russell Wilson is sensational. Let's hope they pick it up and go on a long Super Bowl run. Or perhaps you guys don't want that. So then I'll go on an Instagram live and I'll rant and rave about how putrid, good word, they are. Thank you for listening to episode 44 of the H-Dog Pod. Bang. This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Bang. Bang. Bang.